All right, so we're here today, and the topic is the Veterans Administration and uh, veterans. And I've got a daughter of a veteran who spends a lot of her time you know, working for with her dad and taking care of the things he needs taken care of. It's my good friend Jackie, since we were kids. Hello, thanks How for having today? me. I'm good. Good, good, good. So, so we're going to delve into, we've got some uh, questions that I got online, and we're going to delve into... Um, your dad, uh, his past, your past, and all the things that you end up doing because, well, pretty much dudes stink at taking care of themselves. So if you weren't <laughs> there, your dad would be in big, big trouble. And, uh, you know, so tell us a little bit about your dad's situation. Like, what's his health situation? What's his background? Well, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Um, my father is a Vietnam veteran. He served with the 101st Airborne K-9 Dog Division. Um, basically, he went to Vietnam in 1968. He enlisted. He was not um, asked to serve. He enlisted and or drafted. Um, so he, he began his service in 1968. Vietnam only allowed two terms or two years. Two tours, right? Uh, sure. Today, I believe it's four yeah, or it's more. way but extended. Those guys are way overburdened. Yes, they, way overburdened. But back in the Vietnam days, uh, they were seeing so much combat. Sure. That they found that mentally they couldn't handle more than two years. So now, and I mean, I come from a family of vets. My my grandmother was a Marine. My grandfather's 101st Airborne. My other grandfather was a Army guy, also. So I right. mean, lots of veterans. But right. Your story's got you know lots more twists than than. Right. Mine. Right. Um, so he, what, what he would do? He had a dog, a giant German Shepherd named Pokey, and my father would walk point with Pokey. So the platoon would follow him. He and his dog that was trained to sniff out bombs and, and trip wires and things like that, they would walk ahead of the platoon to, to take care of anything that could be dangerous in their path as they were fighting that war. Sounds like a dangerous it job. It was a dangerous job. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, he, did, he fought on Hamburger Hill, uh, did not get wounded, has some funny stories about you know his service. Um, all those funny cliches about Vietnam that you see in the movies, pretty much he would tell you that's pretty sure, pretty sure, spot sure. on. Right down to born born at the Fourth of July, right down to those hospitals and how they treated those vets. Right, right. Um, right. So anyway, uh, the the curious the, the thing I find funny, if you look at the one picture that my father has during his service in Vietnam, is him and his dog, and right. sitting right next to him was a giant vat of Agent Orange oh, wow. that they were using oh. as a table. Right. Now, did they feel that some of his troubles are stemming from that? Well, so so my father does his two years. He comes home, um, had different odd jobs here and there, had a hard time getting back into life. It, it was not an easy thing. He went through a lot of different careers. Short-tempered, uh, you know, all of those things that... PTSD causes. Sure. But sure. back then, they didn't have a name for it. It was just, you know, that yeah, guy's Shell jerk. shock or right. whatever they were calling it back then. Exactly. So um, he ended up landing a job at Heinz Veterans Hospital in the engineering department. Uh, he worked on the boilers and the HVAC systems. And gradually, as he was there, he, he spent over 35 years there. Uh, and gradually, as he was there, he educated himself, went to school, Ended up working on machines and, and different 
technology that the hospital used. But his biggest job there was union steward. Okay. He was the union steward who represented the other veterans. So besides having his own background dealing with the Veterans Administration, he worked at the Veterans Hospital. He worked at the Veterans Hospital. Got it, got it. And he was the union steward for the other veterans that were employed through the VA. Okay. okay. At Heinz. And he did that for 30 years. So... I heard a lot of stories over 30 years. Right. Of, well, he held a job for 30 years. That's right. pretty good. You know, well, for some vets, have a real hard time with that. And exactly. You know, not. Okay. So um, it was about 10 years ago, I would say. He was in his early 50s. Uh, he woke up one morning and went to work and was trying to climb into one of the trucks to take him across uh, across the, the campus is what they call Heinz. It's a giant building. And he couldn't get up in the truck and couldn't figure out, he couldn't lift his legs. Oh my gosh. To get up in the truck. And after many different doctors and many different tests and things just kept getting worse. He, his gait, he couldn't lift his legs. So neurological he has, disorder yes, of some so, sort. So it, it boiled down to he has he doesn't have Parkinson's, but he has a neurological uh, uh, nerve disorder okay, that is okay. progressive. All right, now you know he's got like um, good days and bad days as far as his physical body goes and mentally too. Now it, some days he's kind of with it, and other days not so much. Correct? Right. So are they contributing that, or you know, saying that that's got something to do with the the VA? Well, you go you have to go through such an ex amount of paperwork and red tape. So the question I have is, does the VA distinct, like, so say your father had, um, my father worked as a butcher for 34 years. He obviously had repetitive uh, motion, you know, uh, things with his hands, carpal tunnels, all that kind of stuff. Right. And he had arthritis from being in the refrigerator all the time. Those can't be contributed to... His no. service in Vietnam. Right. Did, so do they not treat the thing, or do they just treat the vet? Well, it depends on it, it depends on the vet. Um, it depends on what service you were in. It depends on what your your status was. Combat vets are treated differently than the guys that worked a desk. Um, if you served, you uh, veterans serve their country. Combat veterans are a whole different level because. They're the guys that come back with the mental, the, the BTSDs sure, and, sure, sure. and those those major, major problems. So is there a distinction between, um, okay, so a guy that goes to Vietnam, my dad went to Vietnam, he doesn't talk about any of it. So I, I, I know nothing about his time there at all, except for things like, you know, the movie Platoon was right on, like right. sort of a deal. Um, but I don't know anything about what, what, what he saw or what happened to him. You know, seem to know a little bit more. A little, right, not a lot. Right, right. They don't Which, talk about it. Right, right, right. We're not vets, so right. you know, nope. we're not. Right. And, and I, I think that's everywhere. I don't think that's just Vietnam. I think that's Desert Storm. That's Iraq. These guys coming back today, they don't want to sit down with their kids and tell them what they've seen. No, 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 no. My well, right. My grandfather was 101st Airborne, uh, paratrooper in World War Two. The, you know, he was in Europe for the war. Right. Definitely, you know, saw action, all that other stuff. And if he got, you know, a little uh, sauce in him, he would certainly, you know, tell some stories and stuff like that. But not, I, I think he definitely, like, you know, 
couple moderate right. for the family sort right. of thing. But they were all grown people when they I just remember, you know, not being I remember being a kid and not being allowed to be listening to those stories. Right. right. Grandpa's so. talking, go go right. play. Right, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, so it it when you when you go in, like let's say in my father's case, and I'm I'm not an expert at any of this. All I can say is that my mother died when I was young. My father divorced his second wife when I was 17. So okay. since then, he has not been remarried. So when all of these problems came up, it, it kind of laid on me to help him navigate this. And, and to so, so I've been there. I, I've watched the paperwork. I've seen how all of this works. Right. Um, but I'm not an expert. I don't work for the VA. I just want to make sure that people understand I'm only telling you my story. Sure, sure, sure. Well, it's, and that's part of the reason for the podcast is the general public doesn't know much about everything, but they all seem to have something that they've been through that gives them that extra knowledge. So, right. you know, if I have a, a guy on that, that you know, owns a, a business, he knows the ins and outs of that business. So we're just sitting down and talking about what he knows. And I mean, I'm always surprised by the amount of things when you go through something that you learn. I mean, with my injury and stuff like that, like, oh, I, I never knew anything about what was going on with a guy in a wheelchair. Never. Right. Now it's... Now you know. Well, and I only know one slice of exactly what happened with this guy. I was on a floor with 28 people that all had spinal cord injuries. They were all different. Right. But, um, so, you know, saying you're not an expert, I agree, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to put it on like that, but you've definitely got some but background in this. Oh, yeah, right. There. To go yeah. through all of what you went through right. and deal with all that. And I mean, you know, when you're on the phone dealing with the VA, they're going to go through like, well, is it this? Is it this? Is it, you know, so, you know, you know the ins and outs of it, and that's terrific. And just the experience of dealing with your dad. Through it all, it's got to yeah. be a thing too. I mean, you you've had that dad your entire life, so right. So well, and and PTSD is is a terrible thing, and they didn't really treat it. I mean, well, they didn't treat it with the guys in Vietnam or Korea or World War II or any of that. Um, they didn't really understand it. They would send them home and tell them, "Okay, behave." Um, not really understanding what they have mentally just been through. Today, they know a little more. Today, you decompress when you come home. Probably not enough. No, no, no. And I mean, I would say, you know, from from looking at it, like, the veteran situation for me is near and dear to my heart because it's just another bunch of people that were used in a way that they shouldn't have been. Like, it, it was, you know, most of those guys come from a background that they didn't have the greatest start in the world because they right. didn't have outs, so that's why they ended up in this. Like, you know, if you're going to be a freaking rocket scientist, you, you're not signing up for the Army to go, you know, walk point and look not for mines. Not to mention, if you're that smart, they're not sending you to the front line to walk point. Exactly. Those right, are the right, guys right. that have the desk jobs. Sure, sure, sure So sure. people like my father, who had a sophomore year of high school education, and dropped out of school to join the na- to the join the army right to go fight for his country he was he absolutely he was he was expensive they they could put him on the front line and if they lost him they lost him right 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 so, right, right. so all these guys are that and then we we put on this big act that they're like you know 
and, and Vietnam was another era, right? We had the whole thing where those guys came back and got spit on and, and everything else. Right. Where now the pendulum swung the other way, and we're all thanking those guys, for, as we should as be. As we should be. Thanking those guys for their service and everything else, but it, it, the guys today are not going through the same situation that those guys were going not through. Not when they come home. No, yeah. the, the 60s now and the 70s. Yes. And it was just bad. Um, so, and then to come home and not have anyone really care about your mental situation. They didn't have all. anything in place for the mental right. situation. Right. If you were injured, if you lost a leg, then you could go to a a hospital, a VA hospital. Now, your dad saw that situation like you uh, we were talking before we, we got started on the whole... Like uh, um, born on the fourth of July, the, the 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 situation with the hospital is a terrible. It's a, yes. Uh, now, are we talking? Because you know, been born on the fourth of July, you're talking about way back in the seventies. Right. It was terrible. I, exactly. Is it the same now? No. Oh, good, no, good, no, good, no. Good, it's good, it's good. not the same now. I mean, we've come a long way. Um, you know, they the one thing that people tend to not understand um, when you're talking about military and benefits and the stuff that we earmark for the military isn't what's being earmarked for the guys the veterans right it's a whole different category it's a whole well some of it's being earmarked for the military industrial complex which is just a you know literally buy tanks that we can just park in a field and they rust out because they're not using them and and they'll they'll throw money at that all day long and the veterans healthcare has gotten better one of one of the biggest Things I and even my sister, who doesn't know any better, she lives in Florida. Um, when my dad first got sick, she was adamant, "Do not have him at, at that veterans hospital. Get him to a quote unquote real doctor. Take him to Rush. Take him to one of those." And the Loyola doctors are the ones that are working at the VA. Okay, right. so, so real they're doctors. actually yeah, they're yeah. actually getting some of the best care here in Chicago. Okay. Now I can't speak for everywhere. But here at Heinz Veterans Hospital, they're getting some of the best minds. But you were saying there's quite the weight, though, right? Like, if but there was. So, yes. but in, in an emergency situation, there's a weight, or I mean, can he just go to emergency room? If he, he can go to any emergency room. But okay, okay the, my father can go to any emergency room because a he's old enough that Medicare is taking care of him. Okay, all right. Um, he had a job with the VA for years that supplied him. It was a union job. So it supplied him with lifelong health benefits. All right. So he has Blue Cross Blue Shield. He has Medicare. And then he has his disability, which is the last thing on on the list that they go down. Right. So that's a whole other snowflake situation that makes it different for every guy. Because a guy that didn't carry that job for 30 years and doesn't have that sort of health care, the backup plans. Because, you know, nowadays if you're a person that's got... Medicare, that immediately is 80%. And then if you're a person that qualifies for Medicaid, that'll pick up that other 20%. Right. The VA benefits don't kick in until nothing else will pay. And oh, so that, it's last Yes, resort. it's the last thing on the list. And that only happens if your veteran checks all the boxes. If if they have the status. So no, you say check all the... Oh, so, so if you're not saying that... Because you brought a huge form with you today. Yeah. It's six pages, double-sided. Those aren't the boxes you're checking. You're Those saying, are the boxes I'm checking. Okay, right, right, right. But, I mean, he needs to have checks in the right boxes. 
he had to have gone through that paperwork and filled that out correctly and been through the process sure, where they sure, sure. they look it over and they determine whether he's that that is actually worthy of what status it goes 20 30 40 50 okay. 70 is 70 is the highest you'll go in in benefits unless you can go to 100% um, 70 means that you get everything. They, they don't okay. argue. Okay. No VA, VA benefits are denied to a, to a vet who has a 70% disability. So do they start you out with a, like, is there a caseworker that would, so like, say your dad doesn't have you taking care of these things. Well, and he did this for himself because he worked at the VA. He knew people. Okay. And it still took him six years. Wow. wow. Six years. And they didn't give him 100%, even though he can't walk. He's permanently disabled, and it's a g- degenerative disease, so it's going to continue to get worse, and has. Right, but if he wakes up tomorrow and he absolutely can't even get up, they're going to, I mean, you know, say he's with you on the weekend, and then he immediately can go right to the ER and get care he, right now. He can, Pawn through his Medicare and his... Oh, through everything, and, I got right. it. Right. Okay, okay. um, so, your veteran, let, you've got a, let's say your dad who doesn't have any visible, like there's nothing, he can walk, he can, other than his job-related things like carpal tunnel. Sure, sure. Um, let's say that he decides he wants to go in and apply for disability because he has issues mentally. Vietnam, you know, that that can come up. You can be triggered with PTSD at any time. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be the minute you come home. Although most of these guys, if, if they really think about it, like my father, my father was a hothead. Um, he would get a trigger and boom, you better watch it. I, there were many a times that, you know, he chased me through my house as a kid. Th- those are not normal responses. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, that's, I think that's family to family because, I mean, uh, my dad was no walk in the park. And right. he, I, I really just contribute that to the German-Irish but that, you know, he was in Vietnam, he, and he saw a lot of things, and that could be contributed to his PTSD. Could be, could be. All right, I never right. It truly, never, it truly, if you look at if you look at what PTSD is, chances are your father probably did suffer from that and never got the help that he needed. Could, could very well be, sure, sure. So, anyway, so my father started the process for the PTSD long before he started having the issues with his legs. Okay. And he was getting help. He was in counseling. He they 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 are great about these things today. They do have resources. Uh, he went to group therapy with other guys just like him. Um, he spent a long time getting to know why he ticks and what makes him who he is today. Now, how about like uh, that's like a not visible injury that you've got. Are there people out there that are scamming that system? Or, I mean, well, they're, you know, claiming big things that are going are. on. I mean, that's a touchy one because I, I, that's one that, like, in my mind, you just you just roll with the punches on, on that one and you just, you know, suck it up and take care of that guy. If he served and he's got the paperwork for that and everything else, you, you know, you just immediately take him at his word for he's feeling anxious, whatever he's got going on. Right. Well, okay. But yes and no. I mean, it's it's just like any other, it's just like any other social medicine. Um, you know, you you do have the people who will take advantage, and and this is something even my father and the other vets that he knows get really angry over. You know, what do you mean you're a hundred percent disabled with PTSD? 
you never served as a combat vet. Right, right, right. How is it that you got that status when you never saw combat? Sure. Okay, and the reason that makes those veterans so upset, A, is because how are you in the same boat as me when I saw hell and you didn't? Some of those vets know where you were at if you just tell them, you know, what division you served in and then what year you were there and that kind of stuff. And they'll be like, well, you were nowhere near. And my my father's one of the first ones that will tell you, okay, well, you were in Japan during Vietnam. You 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 don't know anything about Vietnam. So, yes, so the problem with the, the people that apply for these things that don't really have any combat or, or that money is now being pulled away from a guy who does have those issues. So the, the VA doesn't discriminate that way. They don't. You have to check the boxes. That's why I'm, I'm going to pull this out here. Sure, sure. Just so that your viewers can get kind of an idea. Um, I printed this double-sided. This is your average... Well, this is what you fill out when you decide that you want to, no matter what war, no matter what age, um, when you decide that you want to try and apply for disability, this is the form that you fill out. It's seven pages, front and back. You have to have help. Um, The nice thing is that most of your legions, your American legions, have people that will actually go and sit in trailers in mall parking lots. Okay, so when you say that, they're... The American Legion, I mean, that's been a bar. Like that. It's a bar. Okay, so VFW, are these volunteers? They're volunteers. Volunteers, and they're just like, hey, do you go into the American Legion and you say, I need someone that's volunteering to give me a hand with Somebody this. has to help me with this paperwork because I don't understand it. They have people that will do that. I, I can't, my mind is boggled by you can have this much paperwork, not somebody who's paid a job to do, and you're handing it to someone who's got PTSD. You've got someone who's literally got problems going on in his head. Yes. And you're like, here's a bunch of complicated paperwork. Fill it out. Have at it. Let's see what happens. That's great that the American Legion has. So, yes, the Legion, there's, the one nice thing for the veterans is, well, not the one nice thing, but a wonderful thing is how many people will step up to help them. Your your legions, your VFWs, um, Gary Sinise's got that wonderful veterans program that does so much that you don't even know about um the wounded warriors that's what it is yeah the wounded warriors project um there's help out there the problem you have to know that you need help i i like to say crazy people don't know they're crazy you know if you talk to somebody who has a mental illness they think you're nuts what are you talking about well, right. I mean, if you if you you can have a vet that I mean, vets are everyone. So you can have someone who's got schizophrenia, right. and then they're not on their meds. Right. So then and they don't think they're the crazy. Heart. They think they're perfectly fine. Right. And you're nuts for asking them to take that medication. Sure, sure. Crazy sure, sure, people sure. don't know they're crazy. Right. So that would lead to the, one of the other situations that you know we 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 seem to have a lot of vets. And that's a tough one, too, because nobody's checking their credentials when there's a guy with a sign on the street, and he's got the green coat on, and right. he says he's Served a vet, and, right, yeah, Vietnam he's got veteran. the patches, everything else, but he might not be. He might you can be buy guy. those patches right. anywhere. You can buy a Purple Heart. 
yes, at the VA. Right, 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 right. right in the right at the at the PX. You, yeah, you the magazine, right in and the catalogs come because my name is the same as my father's for like you know medals that you can. Sure. I, I think the idea is that you're replacing the medals right. that you have. Exactly. But right, somebody a scam artist could totally do that. But in your opinion, if you're uh, an actual vet who served, there's enough fail safes there that you really shouldn't be living on the street. There should be somewhere for you to be. There should be. But right. a lot of these guys won't take the help. Um, you know, people love love to say because they don't know. They just they don't know any better. People will say things like, well, why are we throwing money at, you know, this when we've got vets on our streets that are, you know, are homeless and not getting help? I can tell you through experience, most of those guys are out there on the street because they don't want help. Right, right. I mean, you know, there's there's the not wanting help and then you add in the PTSD and then right. whatever other maybe mental deficiencies they've got going on. You know, some of these people just feel more comfortable they don't want to be told what to do. Don't they don't want right. to be they, they they don't want to be bothered. They don't want the government getting involved in their life. They don't want to, you know, be be forced into any situation that isn't something that they want. And they have the right to that. Okay. Um, okay. I have been told on multiple occasions, because even with my own father, we struggle. You know, he has PTSD, he has mental health problems. He's got a degenerative nerve disease that is affecting his cognitive skills. His brain is not what it was 15 years ago. And I will pull my hair out. You know, well, you know, he's he's taking his entire life savings and giving it to some shyster who's calling him on the phone. Right, right. How now, do you I can stop get into that? that? The, the, the gold yes. thing, right? Because, I mean, they prey on They people. prey on people. You know, you watch... Uh, you know, five hours of frightening news about the brown people coming to the country and everything's going to go to hell because this guy's president or that guy's president, whatever side it's on. And then this guy's convinced he needs to spend $100,000 buying gold, which he never receives. I mean, your father went through a situation. We went through that exact situation. Right. Here's my father. Now he's at home. He's in a wheelchair. He's he's not able to go out unless I take him out. Um, I'm young. I work so during the day, he's got he's got caregivers. You know, they yeah. will come in, and right. the VA. My father is over the seventy percent. So the VA paid for. Now, now, you have you have to picture this in your mind. Here's my dad. He can't he can't walk. He can't. He doesn't live in a handicap accessible house. So all the counters and everything are high up. Sure. Um, everything that he's doing, he's he's trying to do um, as, a, as a disabled person living in a regular person's world. And the VA is willing to give him 12 hours a week of service. Oh, wow. 12 hours. A week. A week. Now, does anything... Uh, yeah, because like Medicare, like, he's old enough... 12 hours a week. That's it. That's all he can get. Wow. Unless you fill out the second one of these forms. Okay. Like with my father, we filled this out and turned all this in. And he got his 70% disability because of his PTSD. They wouldn't even recognize the nerve disease. Can't be proved. Can't so, prove. So then did he get more hours of care then? No. So, oh, so he, we went through, he got his 70% with PTSD, but so that he wouldn't keep fighting with them, 
they told him, because you can't work anymore, we will give you the money as if you were 100%. But we're only going to give you the 70% status. But like I said before, that worked because you don't get denied anything if you're at least above 70%. The guys that are below 70%, they get denied stuff all the time. Wow. So, so here's my father. He can't walk. I am at the point where I've got the paramedics and the fire department at his house two, three times a day because he's falling. Sure. I'm sure. coming home for lunch and finding him bruised from one end of his body to the next. Um, he drinks. They all drink. Right, but these, now that he's now that he's at the home, he's not allowed to drink anymore. Right. Right. Okay. I knew no. That. Now he's right. dry. He's not allowed to drink there. But my dad spent his lifetime drinking. They all do. They come back with these horrible visions in their minds. And the only other people who understand are other vets. And where do you find other vets? Yeah. At, at the VFW. The, right, the VFW. Or the Legion Hall. Right, right. So they all Besides go there. the fact that every single person, like, you know, I, I think the first thing I'd want to do if I was hanging out with your dad is give him a beer. And everybody wants to. Right. Everybody wants to give Bruce a beer. Right. The problem is that Bruce can't walk. So if Bruce has too many beers, he also can't transfer himself from his wheelchair to his bed. Right. And then he ends up under it. No. And this is is where I struggle because my friends are all like, oh, it's Bruce. Let's give him a beer. Okay, no, he can't have that because it can be very dangerous for him to be inebriated. Right, 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 right. So, but unfortunately, because he's considered an alcoholic, which is, by the way, one of the biggest symptoms of PTSD... Well, now the VA is, well, you know, he's an alcoholic, so we can't help him. Okay, but you made him an alcoholic. What do you mean you right, can't help him? Right, 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 right. And, and that, is a, that is a circle jerk that you will go back and forth with the VA over. Things that it's like, well, of course, of course that's what's going on. Think about his service and the symptoms of what has happened to him. Well, but, you know, they can also say that he drank and his cerebral cortex is bad because of his drinking. Okay, even so, he drinks because of his service. Right, right. There's definitely round and round you coalition go, between, right. And it's the VA. Unfortunately, they have the money and they're going to outlive him. And that happens all the time. They will throw money at these vets. I learned later that that's kind of what happened with my dad. They didn't ever want to say that even though we have absolutely no history of Parkinson's or cancer or spinal problems, and Agent Orange checks every one of those boxes, he can't walk today, but they don't want to admit that. But they'll give him the money because they know, well, he's only going to live maybe 10 years. And then, and then we don't have to pay anything anymore and he's done. Whereas if we admit to all of this, well, now his family has a case. And, you know, we could we could see liability that we don't want to admit to. So it is it's it's challenging. That being said, those are your bureaucrats. Those are your guys sitting up in their their offices that didn't fight in any war, you know, but are making the laws. Right. Your people who are working in the trenches, the people that are working at these hospitals, they are doing everything they possibly can to help these people men and women they, they they really they will jump through hoops for yeah, you so like can. what's that job like i mean are the people that are so do you got like uh, a personal care technician like he's not a nurse or she's not a nurse and you know he's not a, a doctor or anything like that but it's just someone who's 
wiping butts or yeah. they sent pans. they sent a, a lady over 12 hours a week um who had absolutely no medical knowledge whatsoever my father has has also developed type 2 diabetes as a result of the agent orange sure sure um which we have to fill out another set of forms for by the right, way right, right. but um it just it, it amazes me so but they sent over this C- cna you know knows nothing about anything right. other than to give him CPR. She's there to do the dishes and, and you know help him if he needs a towel while he's in the shower. They're not equipped to deal with these guys who no, are, right. who are so having you're not, you're not these getting, problems. Right, you're not getting the best. You're not getting... No, she no. popped the blisters on his legs. Oh. Which, you know, okay, he's to... a diabetic. Yeah. She could have okay. killed him. Okay. But she didn't know that. She wow. just thought they're blisters. We just need to get rid of them. So, right, wow. this is the person that the VA paid to come care now, for my father. Now, do you father. know what, what do they pay that person an hour? Oh, eight something an hour, minimum right. so, wage. So, yeah, They're nine, nine no money. bucks an hour. Yeah. So even if you work 50 hours a week, you still can't get... You can barely make your bills. Well, yeah, you, you can't make your bills. No. I mean, that's not a... That's not a right, okay, all right. Meanwhile, they're dealing with, you know, the World War II vets, not to say not to take anything away from them, but they're different. Most of them that are that are still here or were still here 20 years ago had full lives and now they're just elderly and they need help. They need help getting their lunch. They need help, you know, maybe getting in and out of bed. Yeah, right, right, right. right. My dad's 68 years old and can't walk. He's a 200-pound man who needs full assistance. And they, they're and, and isn't always very nice. Because he's a little mentally right, ill. so you guys for a little while they were caught in that spot where it was like this is all we get is twelve hours a week. He's right. living at home, and we're trying to get him into the the home. Well, right, and that's where I say, okay, then you come into, okay, Dad, this is not working. You know, this is this is bad for your health. You need to go to a facility. Nope, don't want to. I said, okay, I've got paramedics screaming at me, pounding on my door. You need to do something. You need to do something. Can't do anything because my father is an American citizen who has rights. The Constitution protects him just like it does everyone else. Yeah, and true? he has the right to kill himself this way. Oh, wow. wow. And there is nothing, nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I mean, guys, guys got to feel useful. They, they do. And like, once you lose that thing where you have no use, like he's not being productive in any way I don't you know I, and everybody's different they had to make their own choice but I personally don't have a problem with someone choosing to be like hey I'm done here this is all I can do so well and and he wasn't even I mean he just didn't want to leave his home this is my home this is where I want to be even though it's dangerous and we're hurting ourselves there and but you know unfortunately it, I had no power over that that that's done. Those powers were taken away back in the 80s. Now, was part of the not wanting to leave his home, like, did that make him... I, I, I can only, like, put someone that's an elderly person and doesn't want to leave living in their own home because now they feel like they've given up or, like, it's it's now out of their control, everything that's going on. I saw your dad when he was living in his house. He was... He didn't look good at all. He wasn't No. Good. And then I saw him three months later, and he was had been at the VA for the like two and a half, three months, 
it was he looked night and day drastic. How's he doing now? Is he is he are they still exercising him yeah, and stuff like that? Health wise, he's great. So I, I he was dropped lucky. some weight. Yeah. Everything when I saw him, I, I was lucky enough that one day, finally after after five years of going back and forth and begging the VA, come on, really, you you there has to be a way that I can take control of this situation. You mentioned the gold. I mean, his mind is not there anymore. Some solicitor called him on the phone in the middle of the day. He answered. They got him to give up his entire life savings to buy gold. So now, I think we talked about this once before a while back. Is the state's attorney still on that? Or is there anything that can be done about... Unfortunately, the gold salesmen that prey on veterans... There's no laws that are protecting the veterans. Because those guys don't just prey on veterans. They prey on... They prey on elderly. Right. But the difference is, if they get a 90-year-old man and, and... Okay, you have avenues that you can say elder abuse. Elder abuse, you knew that this 90 year old man didn't know what he was doing. My dad is 68. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So your veterans that are sitting home. It was like home, three years ago or something yes. like that that he. Right, right. The veterans that are sitting home that are like my dad, and there are a lot of them. My dad is by no means, you know, the, the shiny apple in the, in the cart here. Many, many Vietnam veterans are like him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm and sure. more and more are coming into Mantino every day. Um, mentally, de- 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, de- yeah. <laughs> mentally not all there sure, anymore. Sure, sure. Right. Not necessarily deteriorating. crazy. Deteriorating, yes. Right. Um, so they prey on them, you know. So, and and I, I, without trying to get too political, most of your military people are Republican people. Sure. Well, not in my family. Oh, okay. But yeah, a my, lot. You know, are. I've got Marines and Airborne, right. all that stuff, and they're all... And I mean, and we both have friends that are military, that are, but it is but it, by and but far a lot the minority. Of them are. Yes. They, right. they have conservative right. views. And sure, sure. My father was a Democrat for his whole life and then switched parties um, and started watching Fox News. Sure, sure, sure. And... Unfortunately, and Fox has nothing to do with this. It's just... No, I think you can fall into it either way. I think, honestly, right. if you sat down and decided... But my, my point being, they, they advertise. They advertise to, to these people. They, yeah, I don't watch CNN, but I would suspect that they advertise it. Because I think they, they're looking they for anybody old. But they advertise to the Patriot. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And sure. that's what happens here. You know, right. if you watch the commercials during Hannity, it's, you know... You served your country. Now have a gold-plated coin that's commemorative just for your Vietnam service. Sure, sure, sure. And they know. They know that these are these are people who are sitting and watching these shows. Right. And so you spend hundred dollars on the coin. It's really worth fifteen bucks. Because, maybe if you're lucky. Right. Right. And, and well, and and then okay, so now you've spent a hundred bucks on a coin. Well, now they got your name. So now they're gonna call. And you know we can get you. We the, you're going to make hand over fist money, and your whole family is going to be sure. set and secure forever. And now we have three hundred thousand dollars in gold that, on day two of owning it, lost one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in value. Oh. And there's nothing I can do about that. And there's nothing that our state's attorney will do about that. There's nothing that any. Veterans Advocate Group will do about that. Wasn't there some sort of commission, a consumers commission put together that just got dismantled? Probably. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, I right. mean, it's just, 
how do they get away with that? How is it that nobody's looking out for these guys? Um, I, 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 that I don't understand. No, right. No, at me, all. Neither, me neither. Especially, and I mean, you would, the vet thing has to get a little more pull on that than, you know, I mean, like if, if you're a politician that's in the state, you got to be like, well, I'd help this vet out. Probably make myself look good. I mean, everyone's got their ulterior motives. Oh, and for believe me, doing. when I when I found out about it, I called everybody and their brother. Every it was an election year. I was all over it. Um, most of them wouldn't even return my call. My own state representatives wouldn't return my Democrat or Republican. Th- this is not a party issue. Veterans Affairs is a bar bipartisan. Yeah, nowhere on that issue. form does it ask you. Uh, no, what they what, don't care what yeah, who sure. you vote for. Right. I don't think they cared when they enlisted those people or, you know, drafted them or whatever they did, what party they were What party they're affiliated with. Nobody cares. I don't care. Right. You know, at the end of the day, you served our country. You deserve nothing but the utmost respect. Right. So in in your view of it, what would be, because there's this, like, rope you got to walk where it's like, is it better to have the situation where... I know they just just signed a, a law in that like lets them go wherever they want to to get care or something like that where it right. changes it. My fear in that situation is, you know, you see a guy with a farmhouse and he, the farmhouse, you know, is breaking down everything else and instead of fixing the farmhouse, they buy a double wide and they slap it down next to the farmhouse out there and they just move into that and then the old house goes to hell well if you would have fixed the old house the old house was three times the size of the double wide it was built with better material and everything else that's going to last longer it's a better thing are we abandoning the va system when we go ahead and send them to rush or wherever they when you ask that question is it a short run plan or a long run plan um when you ask that question fix the fix the house okay First of all, you have to remember that house is seriously broken. Right. When it takes a veteran six months to get in to see his psych doctor, the house is broken. The the ceiling is falling down around your ears. So I give them credit. I, I give the new administration credit that they said enough. Go see whatever doctor you want to go see. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Because they needed to do that. Right. I mean, Heinz was in the news, what was it, probably six years ago. Where they they were, they were hiding patients because they didn't have they don't have what they need to help the pe- the many many men and women that need the help. Sure, 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 sure. So the resources aren't there. The money's not there. Um, one of the biggest pet peeves I have is it's an election year, and I don't care what party you're with. I don't care if you're Democrat. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Obama. I don't care if you're Trump. I don't care who you are. You are going to grab that guy in a wheelchair that has that vest on, and you're going to say, veterans, veterans, veterans. And you're going to tote all about how you're going to do right by veterans. And then Toby Keith is going to take the stage and sing a really cool song, and everybody's going to wave a flag. And America. And you know what? Nothing happens for the vets. Right. And nothing right. has changed. Obama didn't really do that much for our vets. And I haven't seen any big changes in the two years since Trump's been it in office. It seems to either. me that the best solution to the problem is stop sending these guys to places that they don't well, belong in the first amen. place. And any vet will tell you that. Any right. combat vet right. will tell you. Right. We don't want to go to war. No. Because no. war is hell. 
quite literally. Right. Don't right. do that to our kids. Right. But, yeah, it, the the whole idea that we're, we're doing so much for veterans, I, I will say that when Obama was in office and there were all of these reports about these vets getting lost six months to be seen, he he put his foot down and they they started cleaning that up. I know they started to revamp the like electronic the way they were taking down the records. There were just piles and piles of records that they had to. Right. Like it was a paperwork they, they nightmare. They needed to streamline. They they right. needed to do better. Right. So and right. they started so, doing better. Right. So all of them have done something to. Yes. You know when we, we say stuff like Obama this or you know uh, Trump that like. Those guys just signed the thing into law where it, it's the Congress and, and right. whoever else. It's your state rep. Right. It's so, your... so if you're somebody who is involved with a vet, your best thing is to go ahead and call your senator. Call your, the guy the that, that's coming to your door every right, four right. years, knocking, asking for your vote. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's your guy. And if that guy's not answering, if and that's happened to me in my own party. I, you know, the the Republican called me back. The Democrat, I never even got a, the, the phone call. And he's a vet. Right. right, right. Wow. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's like, wow, you don't even call me back. I have a major problem. We live here in your district. And I didn't even get the courtesy of a phone call back. So those are the guys you have to remember. And that's why it's so important to vote. You have to vote. Yeah, vote and then be active in getting in. You can't just sit there and stew about it. And, right. You know, like both sides want to sit and watch whatever news they want to watch and then they want to complain. You know, you'll see so many weird posts about, you know, these people voted against this. Bills don't work that way. There, there's all kinds of things in a bill that would stop someone from voting for that bill. You know, people don't vote for bills because they don't go far enough. You know, like there's not enough being done. Or there's too much fat in the bill. Correct, right. Right. right, right, right. So I mean, there's just the, the, all the partisan bickering in the world. is. There's still a vet over there that's in a wheelchair that right. needs That needs help. help. Right. Yes. So I mean, you know. So you need to pay attention. Right. Tammy Duckworth, because she's a disabled veteran, sure. is amazing when it comes to veterans' problems. Right, and that's coming she from me back. being a Democrat, oh, and she's yeah. a Democrat, so that's fine. But oh, oh, you know, there's yes, people out there that hate her. She doesn't know if I'm a Democrat. No, 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 I, no, I, if I, I call no, her no, with no, a no. problem with I, my dad... I, I believe what you're saying. I'm just yeah. saying that you, you need to cut through the partisan nonsense. Right, to, who cares about all no, that? Right. It, it's, it's our lawmakers either care or they don't. Right. Or they're going to tell you they care to get your vote. You need to pay attention after Election Day to what they're actually doing to help the veterans. If it's something that matters to you, go in and research what they're doing and, and if they're standing behind their word. So when, it, when, you, when you say the, the hospital thing, yes, Trump, Trump stood up and said, enough. Go to whatever hospital you need to go to to get help. And thank God for that because a lot of those guys did just that. Um, did it maybe take away from, okay, now we're not going to fix our house. Now we're not going to fix the problem we have. I hope not. Um, I, I will say that 10 years ago, Joliet Clinic didn't exist for the veterans. You had to go to Heinz in Maywood. If you lived in Murfreesboro, Illinois, you had to go to Heinz in Maywood for oh, wow. care. Wow. You had to travel. There are vets that travel for five hours to get health care. Yeah, so this sounds like 
maybe it even sounds like you let that house go down and then just put them all, you know. But you can't let the house crumble. You still need to fix the house. You you need to fix the place because most vets want to go to the veteran hospital. My father doesn't like to go anywhere but Heinz. Well, I would think that there would be people at that hospital that could specifically deal with his situation and far better. And they know, and right. they've been right. there, and right. they, they're treating other guys like my dad. Right. Sure. And not to mention, my father will be the first to tell you, I fought for my country. I deserve that benefit. I want to go to Heinz because they owe that to me. Yeah, well, that I mean, if I go into a general practitioner... With a spinal cord injury, I have to explain to them, like, and this is a good doctor and all that, but they just don't have the background. Like, they have, you know, they, they, it's, that's like this conversation, you know, we're having this conversation. I'm learning a lot from what you have to say. I wouldn't have the foggiest about most of that stuff, but you've been through it. You've focused yourself on it. This doctor that I go to doesn't have any idea that, this doesn't work or that doesn't work or right. I don't sweat like a normal, like all that kind of stuff is not something that's in his purview. Right. So. so opening up every doctor to the vets was great, but it's a band-aid. You, you really need to fix the house that you started with. Yeah. It seems like there should be a place just for them that is specifically, but there should be a red carpet that's right there for these guys because you know, I don't know what the demographics are, but it's got to be mostly men. I mean, I know there's plenty of women in the in the service. There's right. plenty of women that are injured in combat. Today is probably different. There's probably a lot more women. There are a lot more women right. today. But by percentage, it's still got to be mostly dudes. And, but they're still young. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, right. And dudes are terrible. I mean, th- there will be guys that stuff's falling off before they're like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. And, it, and, you know, even if you've got the greatest healthcare setup in the world, you just don't feel like yeah, I, I want to. Right, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to go there. I'm a man. Right. I can handle it. Give me an aspirin. Right. Yes, a lot of them are like that, and I would imagine service men and women are probably ten times worse. Sure. Because sure, they've sure. they've been out in combat. Oh, this is nothing. This, I'll go right. home and stitch this up with floss. You know, I, I'm fine. Right. right. So they're probably even worse patients than your average you or I. You know, me especially. Um, but it is. It, you likened it like like you going to a regular doctor. It is almost like the difference between a regular doctor and a specialist. Sure, Heinz sure. would be your specialist. So if my dad goes to St. James in Olympia Fields, it, he's seeing a regular doctor. He's not seeing the specialist. And he needs the specialist. So they need to fix both. Yeah. And I, I don't care. I don't care who they are. I, I I hope that anybody who's listening put the put the partisan issues to the side. These are our veterans. They're fighting for all of us, no matter what side you're on. I think on. it's in the best interest of every politician to put they any partisan. They all need to pay I mean, better there's attention. no politician. Mean, I know that there's a narrative that one likes them better, one does more for people that got nothing, all that. But there's no politician that wants to stand there and be the person that doesn't, like, the, the problem with the politician is they want to fake like they do, and then when they walk away, they're really not so worried about them as they are their corporate donors right. and getting real. It's kissing babies. Right, right. right yeah, right. it is. So. But that being said, there have been, over the last 10 years, there have been strides. Um, they now have what's called Prince House. That is for homeless veterans. And they're putting those up at every VA nationwide. 
There's one here in Mantino. So what? Okay, so it's so, for just a homeless vet. Prince House is for homeless vets, and most of the people that live at Prince House are your your younger vets, your guys that can still get around, but can't function on their own. Can't just can't keep it together enough to have a regular everyday life. They have a hard time holding down a job, um, so therefore they they don't have any income coming in. Their families have, you know, it, it's those guys. So are there enough beds there for well, these guys? No, that? there's enough beds there for 20 of these guys. You know, meanwhile, go down to Lower Wacker and you'll see another 400. I, I'm exaggerating, wow. of course. But, yeah, you know, but they're starting to recognize, okay, well, now they've got Prince House, which is small apartments. They bring these guys in off the street. They give them a warm bed. They give them hot meals. They try and re-establish them into society, re, you know, re-learn all of the things that mentally they just can't hang on to anymore. So that is a huge stride. That is something that our whole country should be proud of. You want to talk about things they're doing for the vets, the homeless vets? They're doing that for homeless vets. And it's not a lot, but it's a start. No, it's right. It's a start. I mean... Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's such a complex there's a, situation it's a with big so many box different people. To unpack. Right, right, right. It definitely is. Right. So, what you call it? Uh, but with the time that you've dealt with it, do you do feel like things have gotten better over, say, a twelve-year period? I think things are getting better. Yes. Well, and you know, social media. As much as everybody hates the whole Facebook thing, at the same time, now that people can talk to each other and talk to the masses you know before I would tell my story to my five closest friends now I can get online and tell my story to 400 of my closest friends well people I know I'm not gonna assume that I have 400 close friends no sure sure sure, sure. <laughs> but it social media has definitely it's it's making them more accountable right I feel bad that like you know we don't have there's no, there's, I mean, and that's a lot of problems in the country. There's no clear-cut answer that just is like, well, here's the answer. We'll just do it like this. No, and when it comes to people's, everybody's different. Every vet is different. Every mental health case is different. Um, you know, I just saw a story, oh, I think it was, what, the week before last with the vet here in Illinois that was begging for help, to, calling suicide hotlines, and getting an answering machine um, and ended up killing himself. Right, 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 right. It's these guys. These are the guys that are falling through the cracks. And that's not because any one administration is, is cares more than another or, you know, somebody intentionally wanted that to happen. Of course not. We're all Americans. We don't want to see any of our vets suffer this way. Um, it, it's, it's, there's more demand than than they have the people to help there's only so many psychiatrists that, to go around there's only so many social workers to go around they they're overworked and underpaid ask sure, any sure. social worker you know when you when your kid comes to you and says i want to be a social worker you think oh god the horrors that they're going to see sure and sure. that's true because there's so many problems and just not enough bodies to fill now my friend andy gave me a number here that is a one eight seven seven two 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 vets, and that's the uh, 
crisis the crisis hotline okay yes. all right so that's a good number to get out there. that is if a I great could, number to get out there yeah, i'll throw this picture with, the, with the youtube video that that goes along with the podcast so someone can have that um you know, the only other thing that is just the the personal. I would I would venture to guess that a lot of vets get pretty hard to deal with with their family, like where people don't want. You know, they they don't want help. They don't they don't want they don't want to have problems in the first place. But then when they do, and then some of the people that are around them don't have the patience for it, causes a lot of grief in between the family itself. So, well, and and the the VA they they do have caregiver caregiver days because they recognize that um when my father was at home he's very short-tempered he's he's not a friendly person he can be he can be absolutely awesome but there are times when he's not and he was talking to one of the nurses at the va um they had given him some home health care like to take his blood pressure at the house and so he doesn't have to go to the hospital to have it done all the time because again, they're trying. They are trying to make this better. So now they'll they'll do things through over the internet. You know, they sent this machine to him, and every morning he needed to hook up to it and take his blood. And a nurse would get on the phone with him and tell him, "Okay, you know, Bruce, this is this is this, and you have to be careful today, and you know, take this pill." So Just so they're imagine they're helping. If you're dealing with the PTSD and that like these are the things you got. Like you got more responsibility. Like. Yeah, no, he, he was terrible at it. He never used right. it. They would call me, your dad didn't check in this morning. Well, no, because he doesn't think he needs it. He doesn't care. You know, he's, he's fine. He'll tell you, as soon as things start getting rough, just give me a gun. Okay, no. Oh, good Lord. No, I'm not going to just give you a gun. It right. doesn't work that way. Sure. Um, but to him, he's like, I'd rather be dead than living like this. He's 68. He's young. Right. How's his morale? Not, like, So I know when he first got to the, the home over there, he wasn't thrilled. Well, you know, so he finally said, he's, he's, it's time, I need to go. So, of course, you know, being his daughter, I jumped all over that. And I had a really hard time getting him in. Here's, here's a veteran, a combat veteran, who has definite, over 70% disabled because of his service. Right. Um, You know, has all these problems. Physically, we've got letters from the... The hospital doctors, we've got letters from the VA doctors, his psychiatrist wrote letters, and they, they didn't want him because he has a history of drinking alcohol. Right, right, and right. I fought and fought, and finally, I had to agree that he wouldn't be allowed to go out and drink alcohol. And they take them. They'll, they'll put these guys, all of these alcoholics, they'll put them on the bus and take them to the Southside Irish Parade and then tell them, if you drink, you're going to get kicked out. Oh, good Lord. Okay, Right. Hello. Right. So, so the, I mean, for you, it's got to be like um, the the goal to get there is to get there because you've got a bad situation. He's by himself. He's getting bruised up. Yeah, he's falling, it was bad. Right, all the time. He right, needed right. help. He needed help, and I, help that I couldn't give him, and that we were beyond the twelve hours a week. So he gets there, and I will say, within a week, he looked a thousand times better. A week, yeah, because I didn't see him for a couple months, and yeah, I was. I was like, man, you're a handsome well, man. Look right. at you. It's amazing right. what a he's a diabetic. It's amazing what a good diet and a little bit of physical activity, um, taking your meds. You know, I would find his psych meds on the floor at the house because he'd drop them. He's in a wheelchair. He has no way of picking that little pill up. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, you know, the cat was probably taking his, <laughs> his drugs. It was terrible. 
Um, but now he's got a nurse who stands over him and gives him his drugs and gives him his insulin. And they go to the, you know, where they eat and the canteen. The food is absolutely dreadful. It, it That is where our politicians should be ashamed of themselves. Um, the food? The food. The one thing. Is every, it at least healthy? Oh, I wouldn't. It's slop. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, if you've ever seen the movie Oliver, you know, more porridge, please. That is what it is. It is absolute garbage. So how does that work there? Like, can, um, so, you know, somebody, somebody, yeah, but somebody here, well, that, right, but I meant, like, if you have somebody who's listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what, I'm just living my life, uh, collecting my paycheck, watching Dances with the Stars, doing whatever I'm doing, I could take one day a month or one day a week and go do something can someone bring food to no. them right they can't because there's so many different dietary restrictions first thing they told me when my dad was admitted you're going to want to help these guys don't ever give them alcohol and do not ever give them food because you don't know what their medical so that was one of my concerns with your dad like he he looked so good after he was there sorry he's eating what you said slop that's terrible garbage but um, I felt like, well, at least they got him. He's probably oh, eating yeah. healthier than he was eating at home because oh, yeah, he at home it was pizza every night right, and ice right, cream for right, lunch. Right. Yeah, so he, he he did look so much better. Oh yeah, but so you know the he isn't. I was worried he's going to find a workaround. You know what I mean? Like he would. They find, have a workaround. Oh, okay. they can go to they can go to the commissary and and pay for food. Oh, okay. Well, and then. So that then he just he just buys junk food. He can go buy junk food and all day long. They've got dietary restrictions, but they don't check into what you're. They, and this is where I'm saying that the bureaucracy, the red tape, is ridiculous. So they're feeding them garbage. So these guys are going to go get a hamburger instead because they can sure. stomach the hamburger. Sure. It's a good hamburger. I was four months in a hospital. That food there, even if it was decent, you didn't want it anymore. <laughs> you wanted McDonald's right. or something like that. So here's my father who still has blood sugar levels that are over 400. And I'm like, well, how is this happening? He's here. Well, he's going and having a milkshake and a Starbucks coffee every day. Yeah. Well, that, right. well, why are you allowing him to do that? We can't stop him from doing that. Your father has rights. He is protected under the Constitution of the United States. Yeah. Like, well, isn't he here so that you can manage those things? Nope. We can't make him do anything. He wants to go eat a burger every day, and he's got the money to pay for it. He can do that. Okay. So I mean. So again, now it's on the family. I don't want to see a guy that's like kept. He's not in prison, so he's got his rights. It's exactly. But he could just go get whatever he he wants. He can go have whatever he wants. No, and and the diabetes. So all props to him because he's been doing better. Because I cook for him every day. Oh wait a minute. I bring him food. And that's okay. And that's okay because he's my father. I know what his dietary issues are. I don't know what his roommate's dietary issues are. So sure. I can't cook for both of them. Right. But I can cook for my dad. Okay. So I love So is it up to the individual vet what he eats and what he doesn't eat then? I yeah. mean, like, if you show up with a thing of lasagna, could his roommate just have some? He could, but they're going to yell at me. Sure. Okay. Because, you know, okay. John can't have that. Yeah. That's not good for John. You can bring it for John and he can choose to eat that, but we're telling you. John could choke to death, and then that's on you. So how much, on a percentage, what would you say, like, the percentage is that your dad's eating the food that they're serving there versus stuff he's getting from the commissary or stuff he's, that you're bringing? He will rarely 
ever eat the food that they're serving there. The food that our tax dollars are paying for, they don't eat. And he's not alone. Any of those vets that aren't canatonic and have to eat what they're feeding them, um, they're not eating it. Most of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing, you know, quantity of life and quality of life. And if you can't And have the least we can and... do for our veterans, for our disabled men and women who come home and need this help, the very least we can do is give them edible frigging food. Right, right. right how right. is it that we're getting... How are they right. getting away with this? No, I hate that. And I, I hate that. listen, I've seen what they put on those plates. Even the nurses there are like, uh-uh. We won't eat it. We won't touch it. That's, that's not food. Wow. That's wow. medical waste. It's disgusting. So, but lowest bidder. That's a government bid. Yeah, right. That's that's absolutely no good. Well, I have some questions that okay. came from, you know, social media, and I, I think that we I think we did a pretty good job of kind of uh, hitting on a lot of it just to oh, begin with. We were all with. over the map. I'm we sure. Were, but... We were all over the map. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just bust through them really quick. Anthony um, said, "How do we help mental?" ill PTSD vets that are not seeking help. I mean, is there somebody out there? I feel, he says, I feel that this encompasses a large portion of our homeless vets, which it's probably huge. Like It is. Just diagnosing yourself is, is a little insane to begin right. with. So is there somebody out there that's like... Well, there's there's plenty of your, your groups, your, your churches. They'll go out there and, and they'll help They'll give them food. They'll give them blankets. They'll befriend them. Right, but a vet, no one's looking after them once they're discharged, the once day, they're honorably discharged. they don't right. want the help, they're not going to take the right, help. No, like, your dad was never getting a phone call 20 years later, like, how you doing, Bruce? Oh, never, no. Right, right, okay. So no, no, one's, no, no. no one's checking in on him after they sent oh, them no, off no. somewhere to get parts blown off and their no. brain scrambled. And, okay. Now, whether they're doing that to the guys coming home today, I can't say. But my father never got that. Okay. No. Ernie uh, asks, uh, uh, are there any shortfalls at the VA hospital that make them ill-equipped to address PTSD, and uh, what can they do better? So, I mean... Money and staff. Money and staff, but... They need, better, the staff, they need more doctors. Do you they feel the staff's help? qualified? Oh, God, yes. Yes, okay. The, the yeah. staff is wonderful. You know what? These people put up with uh, what they see every day, and like I said, these guys with PTSD, they can be nasty, mean, my father has said things to people that has, I have clutched my pearls. Like, oh my God, sure. Are and if you're making nine dollars an hour, you're probably not. And that's ready why to they make a little that. more than that. If you work for the Veterans Association, you're not making minimum wage. The CNAs over at Mantino Veterans Home are upwards of sixteen dollars an hour, I believe. So they're making enough money that they can they can actually earn a living doing this. Um, okay. So, but they need more help. They right. they need. More help. All right, I got uh, Melissa saying that uh, her mom uh, was a, in the VA home before she passed. How is the care there these days? When I went, it was very depressing. It is, is it the same way now? I mean, depends it, on where you're at. So the, the 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 home that he's in now here, it's still probably a like. Could they use visitors? Could something? Could oh God, some, no! They have. The, Mantino is wonderful. The staff is knowledgeable. Um, they're very good at their jobs. The nurses care. They're they're a wonderful facility. They have more volunteers than they know what to do with at Mantino. Good. Um, good. They have more donations than they know what to do with. When I brought my dad there, they told me, don't ever buy him clothes. We have a basement 
full of boxes of brand new clothes. Right. Because they're That's just good. dropped off on a daily basis. there should be plenty of volunteers. Basis. There's plenty of people they that have, do nothing all yes, day long. They so. have plenty of people. However, I will tell you that five years ago in 2015, my father took a very bad fall. And we went to the hospital and they insisted that he go to a, a rehab. So it was up to me. They, the VA gave me a list of the approved veterans homes uh, rehabs. Some of them were really, really far away. I drew a circle around, you know, like 50 miles so that I could still be there to see him. Because I see my father at least two, three times a week. Right. Um, so I drew a circle and I visited every one of those places. There were VA facilities that I wouldn't put my dog in. I spun around on my heels and said, you should be ashamed of yourself and walked out. Wow. And then there were facilities that were the Taj Mahal. And because they have one or two rooms for veterans, they're getting VA money. But everybody else is paying $7,000 a month to be there. So when you ask, you know, do people take advantage? Hell yeah, people take advantage. And it's not just veterans. It's the corporations too. All right. I got another one from Bill here that asks, uh, and it's, you know, it's, uh, how has the VA contributed to PTSD by its bureaucracy? I mean, there's probably a stressful situation that's come out of having to deal with, like, you've got your own <laughs> PTSD just right, just from dealing with that situation. Well, and like I said, you know, yeah, th- this is for the average person suffering with mental health problems. This is a lot to know. There's there's a lot of information. This, right. there, this type can, is like can, an eight right. font. You cannot be. You could be a person that's not a vet. Have a you know be in a earthquake. You can get. I mean, you know, you can fall really bad and be completely afraid of that situation. Again, right. that's post traumatic syndrome. Exactly. Yes. Right. So I, I would say that. Um, yeah, they. It's just like the IRS. I'm sure that the intentions were good. I'm sure that they have to have this because. They need to make sure that the guys that deserve it are getting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but kind of like taxes. It's like, well, okay, do we need, you know, a, a book of 7,000 rules right. for right. taxes? Right. Probably not. But that's where we are. Now, now, Brian here asked one that I'm not sure if this is a perception thing or not because, you know, of all the vets that seem to, you know, not want to have the care, but... Um, why does the VA seem to dismiss a vet who seeks treatment for PTSD? Is that a thing now? I That's mean, not a thing to my knowledge. Okay. If, if a veteran truly true, truly has the records in his service to this country that back up PTSD. Right. I don't want to dismiss Brian's question, but you know, it seems like PTSD is something that's right on the dashboard of what's going on here nowadays. It's their like biggest they, issue. It's right. It's their biggest issue. So, I mean, saying that, that they dismiss a vet seeking treatment for PTSD or any other service so quickly when they are begging for help at Their times. service record has to show that they got that as a result of their service. Right. So because we're trying if, to weed out someone who's in, just... Right. If they were, if they were a, a veteran and their, their house burnt down and they lost their family... The, the the VA is not going to pay for their PTSD right. because they didn't get it while they were serving. Right. It has to be during their service. And their their military service record has to show that. Right. Now, um, 
Christopher asked a question here, and it's it's a really really long one, and I think that we covered a lot of it, like you know, the differences between the administrations and stuff like that. That you know, in your opinion, not much has changed really through Trump or Obama. Like no. it hasn't. Like that 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 hasn't they, made a difference. They've both done good things. Honestly, I think you if you depending on what news you're watching. They're going to look like they're doing a better job than they're, you know, maybe one's better at like telling you how good of a job he's doing than the other one was doing too. They, so. they all make giant campaign promises. Right. They, they say things that they know are going to get them elected. Um, and the proof is in the pudding. And I, I can tell you, you don't just have to ask me. You can go into any veteran facility, any hospital. And grab any nurse, and all of us know, the nurses are the people that run that show. I mean, they do, any hospital. Right. Ask any nurse, ask any doctor, have you seen a huge difference in either administration? And they're going to they're gonna laugh. They're going to, yeah, no. Sure. Well, in, in Chris, Christopher's question here, there are some things that we did not hit on, like uh, drug addiction. I mean, uh, is there special help for a veteran who, you know, the Vietnam guys, a lot of those guys... There was a couple studies that I saw because um, those guys there was like you know access to heroin. I oh, know yeah. that in Afghanistan there's a lot of access to sure. heroin and stuff, and I know that there's a there are a lot of vets that come back addicted to drugs. But there were some studies that were done that said that a lot of the Vietnam era vets came back and once they got out of that shitty situation they were in, they didn't they didn't stay addicted to the. It wasn't like a. The, the physical hooks weren't in them. They were doing it because of the situation. The cage they were in was shitty. So they were on the drugs That's then. probably true of your, your major opioids. And I again, I, I don't know. The biggest problem isn't your opioids. It isn't your, your pills. It's your booze. The booze. The vets yeah. turn to booze. Sure, they sure. all do. Well, that's the easiest drug we can it's, it's get to. It's legal. It, they can find it on any corner. They're they're practically released after they get out of the military. Go to the VFW. They're they're gonna welcome you with open arms. Now we we talked about uh, every vet being a little bit different. Like you know, over a threshold, you get more. What about prescription drugs? How how is that handled? With I mean, your dad's got my a father's lot of, prescriptions came directly from the VA through the mail, and he doesn't pay anything for them. Nothing. Okay, but so again, my father yeah. is over seventy percent right. disabled right. because right. of his service to exactly. his country. Exactly, we hit on right, 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 right. Which is great. That I mean, you know, it, it's such a big deal to. I don't think a lot of the young boys that sign that paper to go do that thing realize the big thing that they're doing at the time. They don't. But when you get to be in your thirties, you're like, whoa, I really put my ass on the line there for this whole thing. So I don't, you know, it seems like your government should. If you answered that call, you you should not have a problem getting your prescription drugs or no. care or anything like that. No, if you answer that call, there are certain things that you should just get, and that's all there is to it. Respect is the number one thing on that list. Right. I don't care. I don't care if you didn't make it through boot camp. If if you if you signed a piece of paper that said I will give my entire life up for my country today, then you deserve respect sure. for that. Right. Um, but yeah, the the decent decent health care. What 
okay, but my personal opinion is that everybody deserves decent health care. Right, right. So right. I'm probably I mean, biased there. I, I feel the same way, but and, and honestly, my situation with the health care in this country is we spend three times, twice as much as other countries do for worse results. And if you're a person that buys insurance, you buy insurance so you group yourself up with a bunch of people and you can get a better rate right. on health care. What would be wrong with grouping us all together in, in a big group? Well, I understand we're going to have higher risk and lower risk, but if you've got a bigger group, you're still going to do better in the in the long run, price wise. Now, I tried to make sure that we, you know, we both have similar left leaning thoughts on that stuff, but I wanted to keep the podcast as unbiased as possible. Uh, right. And someone listen to it and be like, "Oh, he said Trump didn't help," or and then someone else listen to go, "He said Obama didn't help." I don't have a bias in that situation. There are definitely things... I mean, if you asked me, and this may shock you, to describe Obama with one word, it'd be sellout. I had high hopes for what he would do, and then he took all the money from Goldman Sachs and everything else for his re-election, and I was completely let down with that. Now... I've got and people whole, will be shocked to hear you say that. Yes, and I mean, I've Just got like all kinds of one-word buffoon and everything else for, for Donald Trump, too. So, But right. on the on the flip side, there's things that, that Obama did that I thought were productive. There's things... Getting out of Syria with Donald Trump is the right thing to do. And, that, and that's purely an economic situation, too. We spend a trillion dollars... And that affects this situation. Pull them boys away from that situation. You're not going to have as much of this situation to do. I mean, that there's the ongoing care. I mean, if you were to do the math on what your father's care costs, it's in the hundreds of thousands oh, of dollars. Oh, listen, what my father's care costs, plus what the government pays him every month just because they they did this to him. Right, right, he right, gets right. he gets money from the government yeah, every month. Do you, uh, do you feel comfortable saying like a ballpark of what he's getting a month? Because, because it's okay, but you told again, me, and it is like it's substantial. It's, it's he gets almost three thousand dollars a month, right? Just right, from right. the dis- disability, and that's the that's the cash. That that's cash. That's right. that's on top of the the facility yes, he's in and yes. all. So I mean. He's well taken care of. He is in that situation. well taken care of. If they of. never would have sent him in the first place, and there's plenty of Vietnam vets that will tell you we had, and you know the ones that I've talked to that were combat vets will tell you we had no business there. If you sit and you look at a Ken Burns documentary on the Vietnam War, you will come away with what were what were we doing there what again? Were we doing there? So yes. we spent all this money killed. We killed fifty eight thousand. That war, 58,000 American boys died. It's like five or six times that. It's like 300,000 Vietnamese people were killed in that war so that we can keep footing the bill later in this situation, which makes no sense at It doesn't all. It make doesn't. any sense. So no, war could, is definitely not the answer. Well, it, it, it may be the answer in some situations, but in these situations lately, it seems like it seems like the last war that we belonged in was World War II. The rest of them were over there policing the, the rest of the country. Right. So 
I'm all for him him doing that. He Trump signed a uh, prison reform bill that seems to have a lot of good stuff in it. Also, I mean, we are number one in America at per capita putting people in jail, Absolutely. and we're paying for that too. The a amount, lot yes, of money. a lot of money. Yes, for that. So those people get health care while they're in there. Sure. So you know, we have serious things that need to be done. The the really the problem that I have with it is. There is no more fiscal conservatism. They're, they're, you're only fiscal conservative when it's something that, that it's a different colored person or some, someone that's, that doesn't have anything to do with what you. It's not. It's not frivolous if you need it, but when that other person needs it, they don't need it. They're cheating. They're what? However, you're doing like that. So the government needs to tighten its belt on things without sacrificing anybody. That needs it. You know, you got a kid. That his parents have food stamps, but they're born into a crack addicted situation. That kid, it's not the kid's fault. the The kid needs food, so you know you got to work right. that out. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater right. situation. So, uh, and there are in, there are things in our with our veterans that they that that if they really looked at it and took the time, they could fix. There there are definitely yeah yeah there there are definitely things. I mean. The money that they're spending, sometimes they, they spend $2 to get $0.25 cents worth of... Oh, I think that a lot of the solutions are just to throw a massive amount of money at the, the yes. problem and then be like, wow, well, I don't know why it didn't go away. We throw all this money at it. And then they never seem to draw the money down because it, it, politically it's a bad stance, right? If you, if you have a situation where they're getting all this money and then you're like, well, we were we would have just draw that down to half and then refigure out what we're doing because just throwing money at it didn't do it. I mean... They love to just throw money at it. Right, the and the amount of money that it's cost to just with your dad take take care of that situation, if it was managed differently, probably could have a better outcome. Yes. In, in the situation. If they managed it. And most of the families, I mean, I don't know that I can speak for everybody, but I, being somebody who's been through this for over six years and have been, been through every facet of the, the VA health system, I can tell you that as a family member, if they would help my father live a civilized and decent life, the money wouldn't matter. Right. You, know, you keep your money. Help him. And I would imagine, not all families feel this way, but many. Because you, you mentioned earlier, you know, how... The family, how, how it affects the families. Um, my dad's been in Mantino for a year. I moved to Bourbon A so that I, I could cook house, for him. Or help, That's you right. You, you helped me find that house. Out. And it's a nice house. It's a beautiful house. Yeah, um, yeah. But I moved down here for this reason, so that I could help him, so that I could cook for him. And if I needed to do his laundry, I could do that. Whatever he needed. But he couldn't live with me because I am not a nurse. I am not capable of caring for him in the way he needs to be cared right. for so this was our this was our happy medium you go to the home where they're going to care for you i'll be close enough to make sure that you're comfortable and you're happy and that's how we've how we've done it um that being said i am who i am i, I am i'm somebody who, who probably takes a lot more beating up than your average person my father can be horrible to me not that he wants to be it's it's part of his illness i keep coming back i go to that va at least twice a week if not more sure i think you have a, f a firmer grasp on not projecting 
you know, the the things your father's saying aren't due to, you know, how your father actually feels about you. Because I'm sure Absolutely. he's got his moments where he's like, sweetheart, oh, right. I'm so sorry. And, you know. And, 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 he and, and he'll throw money at it. Oh, what can I buy you today? Because I was so horrible sure, yesterday. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, I, I feel it really breaks my heart to see that I'm probably one of the only family members that shows up on a regular basis. There, there are a lot of these guys who have been so horrible to their families that they, they walk away. Right, right. Those are the ones I feel like, you know, somebody should go up there and visit them or, or something, play checkers with the guy. Or... Right, and they have many volunteers that do that in Mantino. That's good. I'm, I'm glad I to hear that. I cannot speak really, for all the yeah, other because... places, but Mantino has wonderful people. I mean, I can't say enough about them. Okay. Um, so, but it is, it's it's unfortunate because the, the caregivers do have a tendency to really just get hammered and hammered and hammered. And... I'm sure on a regular basis that's got to be eventually a, a lot of them walk away. They just can't take it anymore. Right, 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 right. Well, Jackie, I I think we covered a lot. We're at about an hour and a half. Oh um, goodness, we didn't we didn't do bad. I mean, uh, what you call it uh, for uh, the first time out here? If there's anything that somebody's got questions on or something like that, then. Well, I'll, I'll gladly go back in and talk about the VA again. Right. You know. And th- like I told you when we talked about this, um, Veterans Affairs is a gigantic umbrella. Um, this is just one facet. This is one line of it. There's so many other things to know. Sure, sure, um, sure. No, we can only cover what one person's experience. Well, we only have, yeah, we only have a couple hours. Right, right. Um, but I, I will also say if anybody out there that knows us, you know, wants to get a hold of us. If you if you have questions or you need help. Or sure, I feel like the most people that are going to be listening to this are people that are connected with either of us on social media. Right. Um, I'm happy to help. Message, yeah. yeah I'm happy yeah. to help in any yeah. way I can. No, for sure. Um, you know, most of it is is just taking the time to read through all of this and know, knowing who to go to right. for the help. Right. Most people have no idea that it's the legions that have buses out in parking lots that help guys fill this stuff out sure so yeah happy no, to help I would, people navigate that if they i would it. never in, in my wildest dream know that there's volunteers at the va that are going to pull them out um all right well good let's uh let's wrap it up i'm so glad that you came out and we we did this thank you very much fun. for having me i hope people learned a little something about it and, yes. and walk away with a little more understanding about what we're doing today sure sure all right. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Look for other episodes of my conversations with people who know stuff on YouTube and our page on Facebook. Connect with me somehow. Thanks. Daddy